I was racing when I was trying to get faster and faster, the pressure that put on myself and my family and I was getting run down and sick and injured. I was ridiculously happy with the times I was getting in the performances I was doing, but at what cost? You know, there was no balance to my family life and, you know, my health and my mental health. And so I took a step back and I had to reassess what was important to me about running and the reason why I did it. And I realized I want to be doing this for a long time. I want to be, I want longevity. So I had to just let go of the time aspect and just find something else to focus on. And like you said, adventure is the thing. Going new places, enjoying the, the little wonderful miracles out on the trail that you can spot, that you can see. Welcome to the RMA podcast. host Nicole Bunyan, founder of Running Mums Australia. Each episode I will be speaking to everyday women who have an inspiring story to tell. We will cover the highs and lows of their own journey, the impact motherhood has had on their life and how running has inspired them to live wilder, dream bigger and change the world around them. Thank you for joining us on this new adventure that will hopefully leave an imprint for you to live out your own life inspired to conquer goals Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the RMA podcast. I hope you enjoyed the last episode of the podcast where I talked to Sophie Smith from Running for Premature Babies. I hope you enjoyed that episode and the episode before that where we discussed issues surrounding prematurity. Uh, if you'd like to take part in the Running for Premature Babies um, Premier Challenge in November, you can head to their website and join the RMA team which has been set up for you. Today on the RMA podcast, I wanted to talk to this woman for quite a long time. She's one of our RMA members who's been in our membership for quite a few years and she's an amazing runner and a beautiful woman. Her name is Harmony Waite. I wanted to talk to Harmony about her experience with running, how she came to running and particularly how she came to her journey with ultra running. Harmony isn't just your standard ultra runner, however, she likes to tackle the really big races and she's recently competed in two 200 mile events. The first one being at Delirious West 200 miler and then again at Irrational South 200 miler this year. And I wanted to get an insight into Harmony's experience with ultra running of this nature, what it's actually like to run for 200 miles. And for those that don't know, 200 miles is roughly 321.8 kilometers. So that's quite a long way. So I wanted to know what is this like? Why do you want to do that? And what kind of training and things do you need to do to prepare and participate in such a feat? So I hope you get a lot of insight into this episode. Harmony is just an everyday mom, just like you and I. She works, she juggles being a mom to two children, and yet she's able to achieve these amazing things. 
And as you'll hear in this episode, it's not about the competition that inspires Harmony to do these things. It's more about the journey that this takes her on and things that she can see, do and enjoy. So let me introduce you to Harmony Wait. Before we begin, a message from this week's sponsor, Physiocram Massage Gel. Physiocram has been helping Running Mums Australia to achieve their running goals for years now and ease those post-training muscular aches and pains. Hurting sucks and Physiocram has our back. To get your own Physiocram, head to www.physiocram.com.au. Don't forget, if you're a member of the member program, you can get 20% off with your member code. You can also find Physiocram at your local pharmacy. Hi, Harmony. Welcome to the RMA podcast. Hello. Thanks for joining me today. Um, No worries. There's not much else to do with lockdown happening here in Perth. (laughs) (laughs) No. How how have you been going with the lockdown? How's that affected you this time around? Um, uh, I'm a bit disappointed. I had lots of work on, which has been cancelled. So I know I'm a casual worker, so if I don't work, I don't get paid. Mm. Um, But it's been nice to have a bit more recovery from, um, yeah, irrational. So, yeah. 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 And we'll definitely be getting into that. Um, But let's just, before we start talking about your journey at Irrational, let's talk about you and you want to just introduce yourself to the listeners, where you're from, um, how many kids do you have and yeah, what kind of running do you like to do? Okay. um, I'm from Perth, born and bred, grew up here. Um, I have two children, um, an older girl and a younger boy. Um, They're 11 and nine. I haven't always been a runner but I started running seriously in 2013 and it all quickly escalated into identifying myself as an ultra runner I guess and I do love my trails mm-hmm. you do and we'll be getting into why you do and I love my trails too so this conversation I know is going to be great <laughs> so you're a woman after my own heart um but what you know how did you find running particularly like were you a runner as a child or is this something you found again later in life? I always enjoyed um, athletics at school. I didn't go to a very big school um, and I was always the fastest because I didn't have a very big pool of girls to compete against. So I always enjoyed that. Um, I was good at athletics, so I wanted to do it more. I loved cross country. I went to a quite a semi-rural school, so our cross-country circuit was a little bit trails and then the usual oval lap and um, the school owned a house, so we, we kind of ran through the backyard of the house too. And then I lost interest in high school, you know, bigger pool of girls, I'm not as good. <laughs> yeah, just I, I've always been active. Um, in my 20s, I travelled a lot overseas and um, I, I loved hiking anywhere I went. I'd try and hit the trails, go hiking. Um, and then got into running when I started working on in the mines when I got, I was in my thirties. Um, and it's actually blame my partner, um, because he used to walk really, really fast. And again, there was a trail that used to run from the camp to work and we used to walk to and from work because we were active people and I used to have to trot to keep up with him. And so I thought, oh, I should give running a go. So I started running on the treadmill and the rest wow. is history. <laughs> wow. And how did that running on the treadmill transfer over to running outside and in races and things like that? How did, 
how did running for your own, I guess, just enjoyment of commuting change to competing? Well, I, I guess I just used, I, I've never liked treadmills. I just used it as a tool to build up my stamina so that I could, you know, I started with the intervals. There was no couch to 5K in those days, but I pretty much did that yeah. uh, with intervals. Got to the point where I could run for 20 minutes very slowly um, and then just started extending from there. And once I got to half an hour, I don't think I've ever used a treadmill much after that. <laughs> No, they're not great. No. I've got one here, which is an old one I got on Marketplace, and I only got it just in case it's pouring or really feral weather or I just can't get myself out. or It's just a tool in case, and it yeah. rarely gets used. And when it does get used, I have to have something to keep me motivated on that thing, like Netflix or something, because it's yeah. really boring. But it's a yeah, good I've mental never... tool, I find. Yeah, Um. Yeah, I, I think it's amazing when you see these people who set 24-hour records and I was just like, oh, how can they do that? That's just insanity. Yeah. You're yeah. like me and you like to be outside looking at beautiful things while you run. You don't want to be staring at a garage wall. <laughs> no. No, yeah. no. So I so, use it as a tool, yeah. Yeah. So um, were your kids like, I guess that was 2013, so your kids would have been really little at that time when you started running. Well, this was before, this was before I had kids. Oh, this was um, before, right. Yeah. Um, and so I got to the point where I could run, I was running about 5K um, and I, then I found out I was pregnant and um, I had a, uh, a horrible case of plantar fasciitis, my first ever, mm. uh, which is something I struggle with even now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I quit while I was breeding and, Breastfeeding, I yeah. Breeding. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the first time anyone said the word breeding on the podcast. <laughs> I love that. Breeding, very apt for Running Mums Australia podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's true. So, did you find it was just like, and I like to ask this question, like, when you're a runner and then you know you have children. Like even me, I was a runner when I was younger and then, you know, life got in the way and then I had children and it just didn't even occur to me to run until after they were a certain age. I tried. Yeah. I, I, I really missed, I missed that, I don't know, that endorphin release. Yeah. Um, and so I think I tried when Juliet, um, she was about three months old and I had really bad back issues. So I had to give it up and I had to focus on getting strong again. Um, uh, you know, getting my core strong to fix these back issues that I had. And, and also I, I wasn't, I wasn't good at running and breastfeeding. Uh, I just, it made me feel really yucky. Mm. So even though I tried running when I got pregnant with Jimmy, um, I was too tired and then I just thought, you know, there's no point even trying to mm. run while I was breastfeeding with him. So he weaned himself Christmas 2012 and for a fresh year in 2013, which is when I started my real running journey, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And what was that like for you? You know, obviously the kids were still young. And what was that like? Like how did that start and where did that lead to over the coming years? It, started off in 2013 I was pretty much a lone runner I lived in a like a sleepy little fishing village um, on the northern outskirts of Perth Um, so I was quite isolated Um, I got myself a second hand sorry what was that called that village 
Um, two rocks. It's now kind of suburbia, like it's completely ah. been swallowed by suburbia. Perth has kind of stretched its tendrils out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back then I felt really isolated. Um, my mum lived an hour away. Um, my dad was half an hour away. Um, so I, I had no friends out there. Um, mm. It's the first time I'd ever been dependent on anyone, um, you know, my other half. So mm. it was a big adjustment for me. And um, yeah, once I got into this running journey, I just threw myself into it. I got a double pram and I used to push my kids around and yeah, it was great. Um, I enjoyed the challenge. Like there's lots of hills around there, like sand dune hills. So you know, I'd push my pram up these wow. road hills, but yeah. Um, wow, that's pretty intense, pushing your pram up sand dunes. <laughs> and it was windy too, you know, like, they're, they're, it's not up sand dunes, there was, they were road, you know. Right, okay. <laughs> but um, the wind was the worst, you know, because mm. these double prams act like sails, they catch the wind and, you, yeah. you know, half the time I wouldn't pump the tyres up and then I'd be getting all these endless questions, the whys, you know, at that toddler age. Yeah. So I'd be trying to breathlessly push and answer these questions. I'm thinking, this is great training. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. And did you get mm. time by yourself to run as well? Like, were you able to get out and run on the trails at that stage alone? I wasn't a trail runner then, um, but it, 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 because it was so, um, you know, there wasn't many houses out there. The roads, they were out in the bush. So I was still getting that, I don't know, that feel, you know, that trail feel yeah. and the, um, the scenery. And I was close to the beach, so I'd always run along the beach um, yeah. too. So, yeah. Oh, great. And mm. how did you find RMA? Where did that come into the picture? Okay, um, so in 2014, um, I had started park run. I think it was like the first or second park run, um, which I discovered through a city of Swan, which is where I live, calendar. They, they had a big ad advertisement for it. And I was looking for the results. And there was a lady there, Tracy Ormark. Shout out mm -hmm. to Tracy. Um, <laughs> and her club was running Mums Australia. I'm like, oh, I've got to look into this <laughs> and um yeah so i found running mums and nyung was running with me at the time as well at yeah. avery park run so we both joined and we loved it yeah just loved the whole scene and there were so many other perth mums and and it was just great to have a network within australia so yeah mm, yeah so is that what you know you say it was great to have that network of people like I guess as you said before you didn't have that before you didn't have people to enjoy running with so what did that provide you with um, not only could you run with people um, but what as a mum of young children did that provide you with people who were able to understand and sympathize with the issues and problems that we might have with finding time to train and, and how we felt about being mothers and any kind of guilt we might have for, you know, maybe training too much. And it also introduced me to a bunch of enablers. <laughs> making my distance go up and up and up and training yeah. more and more and more. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a common theme happening there. <laughs> I think it's true though, because I think what RMA does is, yeah, the word enabling is so true. Um, but I think even more, even better than that word is the word empowering, I think, because 
that's what RMA does. It empowers the women in the network to believe that they could also do those things. You know, they see someone like exactly what I did. I saw other people doing distances and I thought, Oh, I'll have a go at that. Like, Oh, running on a trail. Oh, wow. I'd love to have a go at that. And it just empowers you to say it's okay to have a go. And yeah, we're all mums, but our lives don't revolve just around our children. They involve around what we want to do as well. And what can we share with them and teach them in our lives through the vehicle of running? And so I think RMA is, yes, definitely enabling, 100%. Um, I take all credit for that. (laughs) But empowering, um, because I've seen people like yourself just go through this journey to somewhere that I would never think myself was possible. But now when you look back, you go, wow, you can see you can just see this trajectory of how our lives change and what that does to families, communities, you know, and we'll talk about that um, in terms of your own family, but yeah. So I'm, you know, thankful that you found RMA because. Absolutely. It was, and that curve was exponential as soon as I joined (laughs) RMA. (laughs) Well, you just found some really crazy people to connect with perhaps. (laughs) I did. And Perth's full of, ultra crazy so yeah Yeah. ultra crazy mums too it's amazing it's so good yeah they really are Perth is a huge huge ultra running community Mm. which is incredible and it's good to have that because not all states have such a huge network of ultra runners and there are more ultra marathons here than there are marathons we have very few marathons I think there's like you can count on one hand how many marathons there are and yet there's countless ultras yeah (laughs) <laughs> and I mean, it's such a beautiful place, WA, to run as well. So why not showcase it by running around it, I'd That's say. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks for sharing that about that journey, finding RMA. So let's talk about your running in particular now that you found trail and ultra running. How did you, you know, find, like, I don't know if you can think back to your first trail run. Like, how did you actually find trail running? Um, I think it's. You know, I've, I've always, there's always been trails around. Um, like I said, I've, I've been an avid hiker my whole life. Um, and it never occurred to me that I could run on them too mm-hmm. until I went down to an inaugural park run in Albany mm-hmm. and the ED decided to take um, a bunch of us tourists um, out to his favourite trail, which is one of the most spectacular trails in WA. It's called the Bald Head trail mm-hmm. um and it it kind of goes it's an hour and back you have to run along this peninsula out to this big stony granite stony you know the the, the end of it and mm-hmm. and back again and the, the trail is it's mainly sand and scrub but there's hills and there's boardwalks and there's sometimes the sand is like a slippery slide avalanche of sand and you think how am I going to get back up that (laughs) and you know I remember my mum came down and she was looking after the kids and I remember saying to her you know it's a 12k I'll be back by you know in an hour and a half and (laughs) we were out there until well after lunchtime Um, and yeah it it was but it was the craziest fun with all these people that I'd connected with and and there was a couple of running mums too Claire Wardle was there Um, so it yeah it was I was just like oh my god I want more and yeah yeah I got into a really nice flow and then you're in nature you know that that running zone Mm -hmm. Um, 
and then with other people, like even the fast people, they would run ahead and they'd collie dog back and everyone was just out there for fun. It wasn't about pace. It was just fun. Yeah. And that's the thing with trail runners that resonates with everybody when I talk about it, especially on the podcast, is that we're just a different breed of people. I think they're just so friendly and welcoming and it doesn't matter about how fast you run and everyone just sort of is about getting out in nature and connecting and doing something together. And so, yeah, you'll get the people that are fast, but yeah, they'll, they'll come back for you and yeah. wait for you and they want to be part of it with you. They're not just off somewhere 20 kilometers ahead. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a whole different experience, different breed of people. Like I, I can think of road marathons where I'm running along and say hello to people and they don't even look at you. They just look straight ahead. They're, they're just so serious. Yeah. Um, and not all road runners are like that, I will say, but a lot of them are. And then you get on the trails and everybody's just so welcoming and friendly and you really hardly get that kind of negative vibe. No. So, yeah. No. Yeah. Um, what was it about trail running that kept you going on trails and moving off the road? Um. I guess it was that connection to nature um, that I like, I love to explore um, that feeling that I'm the only one out there and that feeling of like you're the, you're exploring something new and Mm. I've never been scared to just go out alone. And I, you know, I always let people know where I'm going, but I just love going places that, I haven't been before yeah and there's no one out there and there's nature and there's animals and there's beautiful flowers and yeah Yeah. it's just so much fun yeah and that's Mm. what I love about reading your race report for a rational south was the the intimate detail that you put in there I mean it was a novel I think you should change make it into a book I'm like man this thing's long (laughs) but the detail that you put in there and I thought wow she's she's remembered that like you're actually really taking in your surroundings, you know, along your 200 mile journey, you know, you're taking in the surroundings from the fence to the animals, to the, 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 the nature around you, to the people and what they said and the stories they told, like there was just so much detail in your narrative about your story. Like it was just incredible. And I think that's the thing that um, about ultra running particularly is that we can sign up to these races, but, you know, where's the journey going to take us? What are we going to see? What's going to inspire us along the way? What's going to keep us going? What are we going to notice? Like you just notice everything. Like, you know, you really get into the moments, you know? I always, there's that, I can't remember if it was a book. Um, God is in the small things, you know? So you've got to notice the small stuff, the, the mm. small details. It's just lovely, you know? And then I like to write, everything down because I will forget I do have a shocking Mm. memory and then I can look back over that and it triggers those memories again and and how I was feeling in that moment as well Mm. so you know it might have been that that little small thing distracted me from you know an ache I had in my back and that that's something to hold on to and use in the future so Mm. yeah yeah no it was really good I loved that recap I thought it was beautiful Um, So let's talk about running these ultras. So you started off with trail running and then you very quickly ended up doing ultras. (laughs) What was your first ultra marathon? 
My very first ultra marathon, I like to call it a baby ultra because it's 47 kilometers, um, <laughs> is, was six inch yep. um, trail marathon, but it is an ultra. Yep. Um, and it, it's kind of a node to six, the six foot, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, over east. Um, and it's, it's now like ultra runners Christmas in Perth because it happens in December. Um, and yeah, that was my first one. And I, I just loved it. I fell in love straight away. I was like, I want, I want to go further. I want to do more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. And what, what made you want to do more? You just, the scenery, the people, just the whole vibe. What was it? The scenery. I love that it's point to point. Um, yeah. So that's one thing. And um, the trail itself mm-hmm. it is lots of fun. It's very runnable, but there's a few um, good little hills um, that were fun as well. Mm-hmm. And they're just the people. The, it, I, I couldn't get over how friendly all these people were, especially at the back of the pack where I, I was. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the front runners are always a bit focused and blinkered. Yeah. But, yeah, um, it, and it does attract a lot of road runners, fast road runners too. Yeah. So, well, but I, I was... I was I was at the back of the Packers. I was with the Cruisers, so it was good. Yeah, it's, it's very similar. It's a trail race, but it's, like, very runnable. So it's a road runner's race, really, but on the trail. Like, even though there's some huge climbs and things, it's more – it's a lot of downhill in that race. It's quite fast, so you get a lot of the, the road runners. But then you get the everyday warriors like me, and you, it's beautiful. You get the scenery. So, yeah, I'll have to come over and do six-inch ones one time. And I, I need to I need to get a six-foot medal to go with my six Ah, oh, well, yeah. you can come and stay here and I'll take you out. More yeah, and you're quite welcome to come over here for six-inch. There's no lottery for six-inch, so oh. just come over yeah. and run it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, December, oh, I can imagine it must be so hot. Um, we've been really lucky. There was I missed the, the hot year. Um, was the year before I started um, and everyone talks about that and um, it was kind of 30, 31 most years. Then we've had a cold year where it rained Okay. Um, and I got my PB and then last year it wasn't too bad. There was one year it was cancelled because it was ridiculously hot and fire danger. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. So you started at six inch with your first ultra and then what was the next step up from that? Then I did a 50K on road and yep. decided I didn't like that at all. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, um, it really smashed me up and um, I, did, I did a better time, which really surprised me and I, I was just learning about the difference of pace on trail and, mm. and road. Mm. Um, so even though it was longer than six inch, I did a faster time. Um, then I tried another 50K and I, that, was, that was loops. So I was, I was trying lots of different things. Yeah. And even though it was on trail, it was nighttime and it was loops and I, I wasn't a big fan of that mm-hmm. loop format. Yeah. Um, so I was really starting to hone in on what I, what my niche was. So. so what is your niche? Tell us what kind of ultra runner you are. <laughs> I love the point to point stuff. I love going somewhere. Yeah. So, um, or, or a big loop, you know, one big loop or two, two even two big loops isn't any more than that. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, well, here we are again. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, meaning big loop, you're meaning like 200 miles? <laughs> I'll say if you're in a 50K race, I don't mind doing like two 25K loops. That's, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So if you were um, to choose between a 50K 
And 200 miles, which would be your ultimate race? 200 miles. Okay. And why? This is what I want to know. I want to know why, why would you want to run? And I'm not, this is no um, judgment. Why would you want to run 200 miles? Why? Tell us why. For the adventure. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like 50Ks is like a marathon. You can race it. I'm, I, I'm yeah. still not interested in racing anymore. Yeah. I think it's for the experience. Yeah. Yeah. And this is interesting. Actually, I want to get into that. I'm going to ask you about that then. So when I started running, uh, it was all about time, you know, how fast I could get. Obviously, as I've gone along, I'm getting older. Let's be honest. I'm getting older. I'm 44 now. When I started competitively running again I was 36 so you know in the last eight years I've done I've done it all I've done halves tens road marathons road ultras trail ultras how many hundred 200ks still not sure about the 100 miles I said I would never but now I'm not sure yeah don't raise your eyebrows at me (laughs) I don't know I'm not gonna say never but I just (laughs) I've changed my mindset on running and what it, what I enjoy about it. And I started to not enjoy focusing on the time. And I started to enjoy focusing on the adventure and places to go and not even running for races, like running for adventure. So like when I went out and crewed and paced Michelle at Lara Pinta, like that to me was so much more valuable in my running journey than going and running at a race. Like I just absolutely. absolutely loved it. So I'm all now about planning the adventure. And if I could probably do a hundred miles, it would be more about, right. Well, I need to choose the prettiest, most beautiful hundred mile with the best people who I know are going to be cheering me on. And, and like what I read in your report, like all the people who are there for the runners, selflessly just because they wanted to help out and they wanted to see those people achieve their goal. And it wasn't about how quick you could do it. It was just about getting it done and what you learned about yourself along the way. So, you know, is that what keeps you lacing up for these big things? What is it that you enjoy about running 200 miles? I think you've hit the nail on the head. Another point is like when I was racing, like, probably back in 2017, 2016, 2017, when I was trying to get faster and faster, um, the pressure that put on myself and my family um, and I was getting run down and sick and injured. um, And, you know, I, I was ridiculously happy with the times I was getting and the performances I was doing, but at what cost? Mm. You know, there was no balance um, to my family life um, and, you know, my health um, and my mental health. So, you know, and I started, then I think I just got burnt out and I started DNFing at things and that that was hard too. Mm. And so I took a step back and I had to reassess what was important to me about running and the reason why I did it. And I realized I want to be doing this for a long time. I want to be, I want longevity, you know? Um, So I had to just let go of the time aspect and just find something else to focus on. And like you said, adventure is the thing, you know, Mm. going new places, enjoying the the little wonderful miracles out on the trail that you can spot, that Mm. you can see. So, Mm. yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, that's like totally why I want to run now. And COVID, you know, notwithstanding, has put a bit of a dampener on lots of people's dreams at the moment. But I think, you know, like even when I'm thinking of running like at the end of the year at Heisen, for me, I chose that race because one, I got invited to come if I would like to go. And I thought about it and I thought, well, I've never been to South Australia on the trails. I've done road race there, well, a few road races, but I thought, wow, I can go and find, see this beautiful trail and f- meet all the other people over there and see what places it might, you know, take me to. And yeah, I'm looking forward to that adventure because I've not been there. And like, what was it about doing irrational to you because obviously well before you did irrational you did um delirious west so over in wa but what was it about doing irrational that you know why did you choose that race over another 200 miles somewhere else or another big ultra somewhere else okay well um, there's a few reasons um firstly both delirious and irrational as you can tell from the names are organized by the same crazy fool um sean kaysler um, love him to bits. And so I decided once I completed Delirious that I wanted to do all of his inaugural 200 mile events. Um, right. So I, once he said irrational was happening, I was, I was in, I was, where did I sign up? Here's my money. <laughs> <laughs> um, so also, the fact that it was on the Lavender Federation Trail and it, it actually, he was doing the entire length from Murray Bridge to Clare, um, that really appealed to me, that it was a point-to-point and was the whole trail. Yeah. Um, I really liked that, mm-hmm. that I, would, I could just knock out a trail like that and get my own little KT. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah I I like that that appealed to me as well and the yeah same as you I've never been to South Australia I've been once to South Australia so I really wanted to experience a race there so yeah wow so what I think people would be listening to this and saying wow I mean 200 miles how many kilometers is 200 miles for those listening (laughs) that is a really good question (laughs) um and I googled it (laughs) Technically, it is. It is just under 322 kilometres. The funny thing, there's a funny story about that. At Delirious, um, there was a guy who was volunteering at the canoe crossing um, and he was just ferrying canoes back so runners would go over and then he'd bring the canoes back for them so the next runner had a canoe. Anyway, he would actually, he was like just dot watching on the tracker and he'd run out to runners and interview them um, as they came up to the canoe crossing. One of his questions was, <laughs> how far is 200 miles? And not a single person could answer correctly. Seriously? We were like... I calculate at that point. I mean, and we were two days in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> how, many, how many hours into the race were they? <laughs> oh, so, yeah, and it was, it was pretty funny. He had some other really funny questions. Uh, he had some trick questions. I didn't... I, I, I didn't get, he didn't get me on the trick question, but he got a lot of other people. He's just trying to make sure people are still awake while they're in the water. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because I've been with a runner when they've been on their feet for like hours and hours, 50 something hours. And yeah, they're not really very, very awake. (laughs) (laughs) So that's funny. Well, 
uh, let's talk about Delirious West and let's talk about Irrational. So what kind of training does someone like yourself do for these big events? What does um, that look like to you typically? Okay. So I'm not your classic ultra runner where I will, you know, log heaps and heaps of kilometres. My mileage per week is like it maxes out at about 80 or 90 yep. per week. And that isn't every week. Um, yep. I'll have rest weeks where I do, you know, 50 to 60. Um, I find if I try and do big miles, I just get hurt. Um, but what I do focus on um, with my, I've got a coach, he's amazing. He's an amazing ultra runner himself. And um, you can say who they are if you want. Um, his name is Glenn Smetheran and his coaching is consistent running. Um, and that is the key is consistency. He has me running five days a week. Um, and he has sometimes doing double, double days, but the long runs are never super long anymore. The most I'll do is about 25 K Yep. But he has me running all the time and, you know, trying to just stay consistent. And a lot of it is just easy runs. Yep. Um, he never gives many speed sessions, maybe once a fortnight. Um, but what he does have me do is um, like hill sprints or strides, like at the end of an easy run, maybe twice a week. Um, and he gives very focused short strength sessions, which I still manage to skip because I hate strength work. Oh. <laughs> um, and then on, basically, he has active rest days. So my work is quite physical. And so on the days that I have um, double shifts, those are my rest days. But I'm actually in the water, like being physical anyway. So, yeah. yeah. What do you do for a job? I'm a swimming instructor. Oh, yes, that's quite physical, yeah. And child after child after child or person after person after person? Um, So in the mornings I teach the little kids, like the preschoolers and the babies, and then in the afternoons I have school-aged children and some toddlers, so. Yeah. Yeah. We interrupt this podcast episode to bring you a great deal from our friends, Lava Tribe Girls Activewear. There's no better running buddy than a daughter. Watching them develop a passion for running and pushing their limits is a joy that only a running mum can understand. To get your girl inspired and support her running journey, Lava Tribe Girls Activewear is offering RMA podcast listeners free shipping on all their girls' sports crops, tops, shorts, leggings and active accessories. Visit lavatribe.com.au and use the code SHIPFREERMA at checkout to enjoy free shipping Australia-wide. The code is also in today's show notes. You know, the reason I wanted you on the podcast was specifically to talk about what it's like to run 200 miles. What is it like? And let's talk about the difference between Delirious West. Now, was that your first 200 miles? That was my first 200 miles. And Irrational. What what kind of differences was there in terrain, um, temperature? Okay, (laughs) temperature. Um, Extremes. So Delirious wasn't too hot. Um, a lot of the Northern Hemisphere people struggled, obviously, because they weren't acclimatised to the heat. But it, it never really topped out higher than about 31 degrees, and that was on the first day. So we, I was quite lucky with the weather that year. Um, um, 
with irrational, I struggled with the cold. I, yeah, it's not something I have to deal with here in Perth. And I couldn't acclimatise to it in time because we, have, we hadn't had any cold weather um, before I went to South Australia. So mm. um, I found that a challenge to deal with. Um, yeah. Yeah. Delirious, another challenge was the sand, um, which can be wreak havoc on your feet along with the heat, you're sweating and then you're getting the sand particles on your feet. Um, I struggled with blisters there and, um, yeah, it was, it was, that was a, the big challenge was the sand. Um, once I did delirious, I never, sand doesn't bother me anymore, but it was something I was dreading was, um, moving through the sand, but you just got to let go of the whole pace and just get through it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas irrational, there was no, a lot of the time there was no trail through the paddocks and the fields. So you had very uneven ground. There were like tussocks and sometimes there were like ankle busting rocks, you know, you're trying to navigate. There's the debris from like trees, you know, it it would say follow the fence. And so you'd be following the fence, but you'd have to, you know, go around fallen trees and tree branch. It was just, yeah, it was a bit diabolical. Um, <laughs> um, plus there were a couple of really gnarly gorges, like, you know, big bouldery mm. gorges and, uh, you know, you think, oh, you just pick a line, but then you're trying to follow the trail markers and they, you think, oh, okay, well, we're sticking to this side of the creek and then we cross over to the other side and then, oh, hang on, there's a trail mark on the other side. You'd have to cross back over the creek. It's just like, can't we just stay on this one side? <laughs> and when you're tired, I mean, those things become like mountains. Like they're just so, it's so much harder. What, yeah. um, you know, were you by yourself the whole, I'm trying to think back to your report. You're not by yourself the whole time, are you? I was only by myself for the first 26 hours. Yeah. Um, so you are by yourself for some of it. Yeah. Yeah. So really tired. Um, so I had, I had, I was very lucky. (laughs) I don't know if you want to talk about it later, but I had RMA paces or as they like to call them in South Australia, buddy runners. (laughs) Yeah. I'd never heard that term till I read your report actually. Um, It's so cute. I love it. Yeah. How are you like little buddy runners? Let's talk about that. So you put a call out onto RMA saying you were doing irrational. Yeah. Wanted some paces and what happened then? Um, so I just, I thought I, um, I thought I'd ask the question. I, I don't know anyone in South Australia and being the first time I've ever done that trail before, I thought oh, it might be good to have some company just for the nighttime section. Yeah. So I was basically just hoping to get maybe one or two, three, hopefully for the nighttime sections. And it, the post exploded and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> they just were just so willing to help. And yeah. so I started a group chat and with all of these amazing ladies and one by one, I got the roster field for the entire, um, from when you're allowed paces, which is from uh, Kyneton um, to the finish line. So yeah, that's so I was good. very lucky, very yeah. blessed. That's mm. so good. And when you're running, like, let's talk about like when you're running irrational, like 200 miles, like, are you running the whole time? No. <laughs> People are probably thinking, what? You're running 300 and something kilometres? But, yeah, let's, let's talk about that. What does 200 miles actually look like in terms of running? Okay. So I, I start off um, by run walking, like I, I Jeff from the start. Um, yeah, and 
you know, you hike the hills and, and Irrational had quite a few, had quite a bit of elevation. So, you know, you're hiking those hills, um, running the downs. There's some downs you can't run either. You have to kind of pick your way down if it's technical. Um, so, yeah, just trying to move as efficiently and easily as you can over the terrain um, is what I try and do. Um, and then by day two, when you are running, obviously your pace is a lot slower because your muscles are a lot weaker. So even though my cadence might have been the same as on day one because I'm so weak, um, the pace is like, you know, a minute slower mm. uh, over a kilometre. So mm. there's that. And then once you get to a point where you're just so tired, you've got the death marches. <laughs> <laughs> and and that that's okay because as, as long as you're moving, that's fine. Yeah. So you just got to keep moving. That's the key. Yeah. And what happens, like I, when I was reading your report, like you did say that you slept, I think you slept a total of nine hours or something like that. Was that right? Yeah. I'm in a big the, fan of whole, sleep. Yeah. So nine hours over, what was your total time? 80? 88 and a half hours. I got nine hours and 45 minutes. I know this because I was doing a sleep study, so I had to keep a, keep a record of it. Oh, handy. Sleep study while you're doing an ultra. (laughs) There was a few of us who put their hand up. Um, It's a guy from the University of Townsville and he is really interested in looking at um, sleep strategies of um, 200 milers specifically, but even 100 milers. I think he got a whole bunch of people to do do a survey who've done 100 milers as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I had to wear like a little movement monitor on my wrist. And, yeah, so it would be interesting to get the data from that. Yeah, totally. I mean, I just know from that experience when I went to Lara Pinta with Michelle about not sleeping, only because I hardly slept myself. But, like, more even when we were marching her home, um, she had a few dirt naps. Um, of two minutes, like two wow. minutes seemed wow. to, like that was all she was going to let us give her. It was like two minutes. And I thought, how the heck is she going to get up and keep going? But she just did. It was like a rival. She said she actually fell into a deep sleep for two minutes. That's like, amazing. what was that like for you having your dirt naps? Are you ever able to go to sleep? Um, I, at Delirious, I didn't think it was possible to have dirt naps. I was such a princess at Delirious. Um, but at Irrational, I tell you what, I was I was begging first second night. Um, I was begging Nikki, Nikki to let me have a sleep, and she kept saying, "No, no, you'll never get up." And I'm like, "Whoa, it's a thing! All the Americans do it. Let me have a dirt nap." And she's like, "No, no, no, you'll never get up." I said, "Just ten minutes. Just let me lie down for ten minutes." <laughs> And um, by that point, I, we were on flat and I was staggering. It was like yeah. I was drunk. And she was, it was starting to rain and she's like, if you're going to do this, do it now. And I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> she goes, how do you want to do it? I said, just wake me up in 10 minutes. Turn your head torch off. Yeah. And so I curled up on, I don't know, even know where I was, on the side of a dirt road somewhere near Dutton. Um, you'll have to look up where Dutton is. It's nowhere. <laughs> um and yeah, she let let me sleep. And um, I remember the first time I was, I must have had my hip in the wrong spot. Um, so I woke up, my hip was a bit sore, but I did actually sleep. And I, I remember putting my head down and I was, must have been hallucinating a little bit. I, I was like, oh, the sky's falling down. And um, she's like, oh, that's nice. And then when I woke up, I said, oh, the sky's not falling down anymore. <laughs> 
So, yeah. And I remember dreaming about my son too. So I know I slept. Yeah. Mm. What, what kind of hallucinations did you have out there? Um, I saw like miniature animals. I saw like perfect miniature cows moving and everything grazing, moving, looking at me. And then I'd get close and there'd be rocks. Um, <laughs> I, I, same thing. I saw a kangaroo hopping across the trail. It was only about three inches tall. And I was like, wow. And as I got closer, um, it was a leaf. <laughs> <laughs> a leaf. <laughs> yeah. How um, funny. <laughs> the, the best one was with um, Samantha on the third night. And we're about to, we just crossed this horrible diabolical field in this um, wind farm and it was just awful and I, it had really drained my energy and <clears throat> anyway we got to the other side and we were close to the aid station <clears throat> and um, I think maybe one or two k out and I just started seeing pixel vision and ev all the pixels they weren't pixels they were bunches of grapes not grapes but bunches so I, everything I was seeing was made up of bunches of grapes, all different shades, different types. I was looking at her and like, you know, her hair was, uh, was like, you know, little sultana coloured grapes and, <laughs> and, you know, a stick which is dark would be the burgundy coloured grapes. And everything was great. I was looking at my hands and I'm waving my hands in front of my eyes going, wow, look at my hands, it's grapes. And... <laughs> She's thinking, whoa. Samantha was like, you need to go and have another dirt nap. And I'm like, no, I'm too close to the aid station. Plus, I'm really, this is really funny. And I'm laughing at my grapes. And then I had a drink of water. And then all of a sudden, pop, 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 pop. All the grapes just went and my vision was back to normal. It was so trippy. <laughs> they need to do a study on, like, all of these hallucinations. <laughs> <laughs> They're so funny. So you haven't had any scary hallucinations? No, no. That's no. I always I, like. I think there's things that I should be scared of, but I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't get scared. Oh, that's so funny. I love to ask about the hallucinations because I mean, I think you know, it's kind of one of the things I think doing a long race would be get a bit of fun out of, like having the hallucinations. <laughs> <laughs> I remember yeah. seeing faces on the floor of the to at Delirious. Uh, there was like a long drop and it was like that um, polished concrete. Yeah. I, I remember staring at the floor for ages because it was just faces staring up at me and all the faces would melt into one another with every single emotion and I'd focus on one face and it would melt away and then the next face would have a different emotion on it. And my pacer must have been thinking, I don't know what he was thinking, he must have been like, <laughs> fallen asleep. <laughs> That's funny. I love that. Oh, interesting. I really like to ask about that. Um, so when you're out there and you're running 200 miles, like it's not obviously always fun and games and a walk in the park. Um, you're going to end up hurting at some point. What keeps you moving and what keeps you motivated during these runs? I think you've got to have a really strong why as to why you're doing it. <clears throat> Um, so at Delirious, I had done a lot of fundraising for um, Silver Chain, who looked after my dad before he died. Mm -hmm. um, they kept him like independent, living by himself up until five days before he passed away. In those last five days, he was in a hospice. So mm -hmm. the fact that they offer that service and it's free. Mm -hmm. um, he always said to me, if you ever do any fundraising, if you're ever going to give money to charity, do it for Silver Chain. 
So um, I was raising money for Silverchain um, and I just didn't want to disappoint all the people who had donated money um, to that. Um, Plus Delirious, the section of the Bibbulmun track that it's on is a place where I spent a lot of my childhood with my dad. So that was really special to me. Mm -hmm. So I felt I took a little piece of rosemary um, and his ashes are scattered in that rosemary pot so I felt like a piece of him was with me the whole way and so I had that to hold on to the whole time during Delirious which was you know really special and I saw some really special things and it made me think of him like I I saw surfing dolphins which I haven't seen since I was a kid with him Mm. in the same area Um, so that you know that's one memory I've got which was really really special um, so that got me through some dark moments. Um, during Irrational, the thing that got me through was the fact that I invested so much. Um, you know, Irrational got cancelled a few times and I invested so much emotional connection and, and training and, um, and, and financial, you know. It, was, it wasn't cheap to get over there. So for me, even though I was struggling on that second night, I was like, I'm not coming back. I've got to finish it because I'm not coming back. Yeah. yeah. And I can imagine there'd be so many moments of that throughout 200 miles. Like, you know, you're thinking, I'm feeling great and everything's good. And then next minute I feel like I just want to go to bed and I want to get into a nice warm house. Where, I mean, it's freezing. It's raining. It's practically sleeting. I saw the pictures of you all rugged up. And it's raining and it's dark and it's cold. And I'm thinking anyone in their right mind would just want to go and sit somewhere where there's a fireplace. Like, you know, to push yourself through those moments, like it's good to, yeah, have a reason. Like, and I think to do anything big like that, you know, you need to have a reason. And one of the questions I had for you um, on here was about ultra running. And a lot of people say that people who run ultras are running away from something. Um, do you agree with that? Or do you think there's a bigger reason that people run ultras? What is it about it that they're trying to learn about themselves perhaps? I, I thought that was a very good question and it made me think I went for a ride and I've been thinking, I was thinking about it. And I actually think there are two, well, there could be more, but I was thinking there are two types of people that run ultras. There are those real A-type personalities who planners and they you know they they're they're driven and they're you know they're goal motivated um and and that that's good that's great and I love being around people like that I find them very motivating um and then there are people when this is probably the category I fit into which is um the addictive personality (laughs) um and as I've gotten old, like I'm, you know, I'm no angel. I've, I've had a misspent youth and, you know, I had fun. I was a real party girl when I was younger um, and I don't regret any of it. But there was, I, you know, I, I was prone to excesses. Yeah. And I think as I've gotten older, I've realised that, you know, it is a, an addictive personality and it's good to have healthy addictions mm. and, even though my other half might not agree with me, I think ultra running <laughs> like is a healthy race. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. No, hmm. I agree. I agree. And, you know, I'm probably a little bit on that addictive personality side as well. I think um, I'm not really running away from anything. I, and I'm not really a 
Except the start line. You are running away from (laughs) True. (laughs) Let's hope so. Otherwise we're going in the wrong direction. (laughs) But um, yeah, I I agree with that because it's so addictive. Like it's just so addictive. It really is. It's why I can never give up running. It's just, I'm addicted. Totally as well. And, and you know what, as you know, we've all become really dependent on um, social media and, and our phones and, I think that's another thing that we're running away from when we do these trails and our ultras. We, we're running away from, we're disconnecting from that, which is fantastic, and we're reconnecting with people and nature. And I think that's a good thing. Mm. You know, I think 100%. that is a healthy addiction yeah. um, to run towards. So, yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> I agree with that. What is it that you learn about yourself on these 200-mile races? I learn what my um, short my my fail my short fallings are I guess, um, and I learned that what might work in one race I'll I'll plan a race like I planned a rational based on what how I performed in Delirious, hmm. but then quickly realised that some of that was not applicable to Irrational hmm. and had to change it really quickly so. I think it teaches me to be more adaptable and resourceful, you know, and just think on the fly. Um, so we've seen in RMA, you've posted a little bit about running with your daughter, a little bit, Juliet, who's your 11-year-old. Um, and she came on this journey with you to Irrational as well, I saw in your report. And she even ran with you in one of the night sections, which was cool. She um, did. What sort of relationship do you and Juliet have with running together? she's a real chip off the old block actually she's a real <laughs> little adventurer and she's she's more than that though she's absolutely fearless um I don't think I was ever like that as a kid well not as fearless as she is. she wants to try everything and give everything a go especially when it comes to being active um unfortunately she um she's got a she's got a like a really mild form of hip dysplasia, which stops her from doing a lot of um, sports, team sports and stuff like that. Um, and she's actually not allowed to do any, she'd love to do little athletics, but she's not allowed because she's not allowed to do anything that's explosive or where she extends her mm-hmm. leg too far backwards. Um, she should grow out of that by the time she um, hits puberty. It's really limited what she can do. And we've had specialists say to us that, it's quite okay for her to run long um, because, you know, it's, it's slow and as long as it's not hurting her, then that's fine. Yeah. So she's done a few runs and races with you or just uh, um, training runs or? She, we've done lots of stuff together. So we have hiked the Kate's Kate trail which is what Michelle set her FKT on Um, so we did that in 2019 when she was nine years old we hiked the entire length with my mum so yeah I I, I'm quite inspired by my mum she's been active her whole life Mm. Um, and I've I've always found her an inspiration to me and she my mum did that after two knee replacements and the the, first, the second knee replacement she'd only had six months before we did that. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. And that was um, a fantastic experience to share with, mm. with her and Juliet and as a family, mm. um, as three little women. Yeah. 
What, yeah. what is it like? I love the picture. I've shared it before. Um, you and Juliet wrapped up in the silver, in the, was it the silver stuff? In the space the blanket. Space blanket, yeah. Um, with your medals around your neck. Which race was that for? That was the Margaret River Ultra. So yeah. she did the whole thing, the whole solo. Um, by her, we, we did it together. Yeah. Um, and that, um, that opportunity was fantastic. Rapid Ascent have a really progressive mm. um, under 18 policy. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of younger people would be put off by what the criteria are you have to um, complete before they let you in. Mm. But Juliet, she just, she took it in her stride and just loved the challenge of it all. So mm. she did most of the planning herself. My, quote, my coach tweaked some of the training program and yeah. um, she very rarely needed motivation to get out the door. I, if she was dragging her feet, I'd just say, well, I won't let you in and <laughs> be out the door and doing her training. So so what was their criteria for her? What did they want her to have done before she did that? She had to have a 12-week program of, yeah. um, of building up to that distance, which is 80 kilometres. She had to have at least three four-hour trail runs, uh, long runs. She had to have two trail races um, of uh, between 10 and 20 Mm -hmm. kilometres. She also, it was a criteria for uh, multiple relay legs, but we thought we'd do it anyway to make it look good that she could, you know, she could be speedy if she wanted to. She had to do a sub, she had to do a sub three-hour 20K Mm-hmm. Um, yep. preferably on trails but we didn't have any trail races we could do so she did it at a lap race which was on grass it was horrible mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> um, so she did that um, yeah one of the Perth trail series races mm-hmm. um, and she needed doctor's approval um, yep. and she needed to have crew yep. and she needed to have a hydration and nutrition plan which she wrote all herself so yep. Wow, good on her. And yeah, you know, she's obviously got a mum that's encouraging her to get out and be active. And like, you know, there's less, there's worse things kids could be doing, <laughs> you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so have you, did you get any backlash from people about her doing these things at all? Um, I, I, I have. Um, that's why I tend to keep it kind of private now. Yeah. Just people who know. People here in Perth, they know her. Um, mm. They know what she's capable of. It's usually just the face, Facebook warriors that, you know, yeah. keyboard warriors that have a go. Yeah. And I know that they're, it's coming from a place of caring and concern. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I know my children. I actually do have two, two children. People forget I have another child. Yes, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I want them both to be happy and... Part of her being happy is wanting to try these things and I would never deny that to her as long as she can do it safely and I, I believe I provide an environment where she can yeah. do that safely. So, yeah. And has Jimmy expressed any interest in doing these running things as well? Absolutely not. <laughs> and, and I would never force him, you know. Yeah. So he, he, he's much more... Um, 
he's much more sensitive and he loves music and, you know, he wants to be a singer. So I put him in singing lessons and I encourage him as much as I can. I try and get him, I try and get him to learn how to read music and I, I push him in other ways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would never, you know, he doesn't have the inclination or the ability that Juliet has in that respect. So I would yeah. never expect that of him or never force him to do that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's her own little journey and, I mean, she obviously loves it and why stand in her way if she's enjoying it and she's getting a lot out of it? I mean, what is it that you think that she learns about herself? Well, those organisational skills she has learnt from preparing her own um, program, um, you know, they're they're priceless. Um, You know, that an 11-year-old can sit down and and do her own program and write her own hydration and nutrition plan, um, you know, but still willing to take on board um, advice from me and and my coach. Um, And the fact that during the race, she had some really dark moments, moments where I was questioning my decision-making skills as a mother, like, Mm. wow, have I really done the right thing by putting her in this situation she there were you know she cried for like three hours I couldn't console her um, at one point but she got herself through she you know she snapped herself out of it and got it done yeah um there was a race official who wanted to pull her at the last aid station and she was like no no I'm gonna keep going so Mm -hmm. yeah Oh, good on her well we'll look forward to seeing what she comes up with next (laughs) let's see um all right well I always finish off the podcast with the RMA Hot Lab. So I've prepared some questions for you. Uh, tried to make them a little bit about what you love to do. So my first one was, what is your favourite ultra that you've participated in and why? I'm going to sound like a total t- traitor to trails, <laughs> but I'm going to say comrades. <laughs> in South Africa. Yeah, well, why? Why did you love that? Oh, it was, I've done it twice. I went back, yeah. I went back um, the year after to do my back-to-back medal. I mean, it's the oldest ultra marathon in the world. It's a classic, you know, if you're a traditionalist, you, it's something you've got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though it doesn't have trails, it does have people and like the humanity of it, like just, it, it was just, it was a big party from start to finish, both years in both directions. Um, and I had it, both races were, I had a completely different experience. The first year was the up run and I was by myself the whole, pretty much the whole way. Um, and, you know, I did, a, I did a really good time. And then the second year I joined up with um, a local runner. He was from Johannesburg and we ran from about 10 kilometres in, all of it stuck together the whole way. Um, so, and, and yeah, it's, it was just, you know, the whole way there are spectators, it stops the nation. It was, it, I can't describe it. It gets in your blood and I'd love to go back. And if it ever happens again, yeah. I mean, I'd love to go back for the centenary. Um, that was supposed to be this year or the hundredth. I'd go back for the hundredth. Um, it's just, you have to qualify for comrades or can you just sign up? You have to run a sub four-hour 50 marathon. So it's not too bad, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then and then the faster you are, you can qualify for different starting pens. Okay. Um, 
And um, so that was my big goal in 2017 was getting a sub four hour marathon so I could get into deep end. Um, but in the end, it didn't really matter because um, what happens is you get into the start pen and people just break the the ribbon and then end up going forward anyway. So you're all mixed in together. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, matter. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, what was your best memory running? And this doesn't have to be at an event anywhere. Um. Um, I, I, I was going to mention the, the bold head um, run, but I, the second probably most notable trail run I've had was in Te Araha in um, the Waikato in New Zealand. Um, and I've been visiting there with my other half. He's, he's a Kiwi and his family's from the Waikato and we always go up there um, and even when I wasn't running, I used to love going. Teraha actually means love, the love. And it, that place just has such an amazing feel. I love going there. Mm. And um, one, the last time we went over there, I decided that I wanted to run to the top of Mount Teraha because I'd only ever made it to the lookout just hiking. And um, I, I just had the most amazing run. I had a moment with the mountain. I was one with the mountain going up and coming down and I got into that real flow state that you get into when you're running. And I just, it was just the most beautiful run I've ever done. And it, I can't even describe how beautiful the pangas and the ferns and the, um, the forest is. And as you get higher up onto the mountains, this, you know, the, the vegetation changes and it's rockier and it's harder trail, but it's, yeah, if you ever go to New Zealand, go to Te Araha and you, you've just, you experience it everywhere, including your heart. It's just a magical place. Is it North Island or South Island? It's in the North Island. Waikato is the county. I don't know, mm -hmm. I don't know states over there, do they? County below um, Auckland. Okay. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, New Zealand is stunning, stunning place. Mm. Uh, okay. Well, you might've already answered this question, but maybe not. I'm not sure. Who is your greatest inspiration? I've got to say, uh, you know, well, uh, I'm going to say like famous person. No, anyone. Oh, anyone. Uh, well, I'm going to say Katra Corbett. Okay. I love her because she's not fast you know, um, but she's so inspirational how she's turned her life around. Um, I can really relate to her, mm -hmm. um, even though she's not a mum. She's a, she's a fair, fair baby mum. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I can really relate to her story. And, yeah, she's not, she's not fast, um, but she lives a clean life and um, she just, everything she does is so pure and I love, the, you know, the way she talks to her fans. She's very raw and she lets people in and I love that. Mm. Yeah. Um, but on a local level, I'm really inspired by um, local mums that do amazing things like Emma Luscombe and mm. um, Darlene Dale. Um, yeah. Oh, and um, Michelle Hooper. I love just total fan of her. <laughs> have you met Michelle? I have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And she's so friendly. She's so lovely. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But she definitely, she's living the dream. She, she thinks of something she wants to do and she goes out and does it. And I love that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best way to live. <laughs> she's a kindred spirit. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. 
but next level she just does yeah epic stuff (laughs) yeah which anyone can do you just have to have the motivation and the time to put into plan it and execute it really i mean yeah um what has been your favorite running hallucination (laughs) i thought i'd throw that one in Uh, i'd have to be the grapes the The great vision with samantha (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty cool but that would have been pretty cool, I reckon. Um, you were running, but you weren't even running through a winery. You were just. <laughs> it was wine region. It's like. Yeah. I think the grapes seem to be the thing. You must have been dreaming of grapes at some point. But, and the water killed it. Don't drink water when you're hallucinating. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> okay. The last one is what advice would you give someone wanting to give ultra running a go? And not, I did write particularly the 200 miles, but I'd just say ultra running. What advice would you give someone? who would, and particularly mums who would like to give it a go? You don't need to run big miles. You don't need to have a big weekly mileage. You just need to be consistent, you know, run all the time. Even if it's just 5Ks a day, just get out there and be consistent. Do double runs if you can squeeze it in, if you can squeeze 3Ks in in the morning and then another 5Ks in the afternoon. Mm. You know, that consistency will pay off. To plan, plan, you've got to plan these ultras and, you know, get people to help you. If you can get crew to help you, preferably someone who's um, run before. Mm. Um, and if you do want to do ultras, maybe crew for someone who is doing an ultra and then you learn what you need to do and you learn um, so much. I, I love being crew. It's actually probably harder than running. Yeah, <laughs> I'd agree going. with that. I yeah. totally agree with that. Crewing is hard work, but rewarding. Absolutely. Yeah. And you do, you learn so much, you mm. experience, you know, and you can put it towards your own training and your own races. So Yeah, because, yeah. you know, when you're a crew, you, you have to learn about everything. Well, one, you've got to know the course. You've got to know where the aid stations are or the checkpoints are. You've got to know their nutrition plan. You've got to know the hydration plan. You've got to know everything about that runner. Um, and then so, you've got to have uh, you've got to have strategies to yeah. overcome any problems that they're having, you know. So yeah, um, yeah, crewing oh, teaches you so much. And uh, yeah, I would recommend it to anyone who wanted to attempt a hundred mile or, or a two hundred miler to go and crew someone for that distance, or even a hundred k, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go out and crew or, or yeah. volunteer or volunteer. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, what's coming up next for you, Harmony? Um, well, I've got Delirious coming up in October, which I'm yep. super excited about because it's the one and only time it'll ever be run in October because um, it's usually in February, but because yeah. um, COVID, we had a lockdown in Perth in February, so it got postponed to October. Yep. So um, I had a long, hard think about it, even though it's going to be super wet, most of the course is going to be underwater. I just thought, no, nah, I can't miss out on that. <laughs> So you'll be swimming. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, it's just my job. I'll swim. <laughs> yeah, you're um, being in the water. That's true. <laughs> um, but uh, that is going to be used as training, uh, which I, and good training, I think, for um, Unreasonable East 200 miler, which I'm really excited about. Oh, my gosh. When I saw that they had a 100-mile option. <laughs> Nicole, come on. Oh, 100 miles, still a bit far for me. Oh, but just think of the adventure and it's in your own backyard. You don't have Oh, to I know. I've run on pretty much most of that course. Like I, 
I will say it's going to be a hard, it's going to be a hard 200 miles. Um, but beautiful, a beautiful 200 miles. If I don't run the race, I would love to be involved in some capacity. So whether that's volunteering, helping somewhere, crewing, pacing. Can you imagine an RMA aid station? Or oh, I could. I, oh. could. I could. But I would you love think, to. You know, we could all be like swaddled and, and <laughs> you know. Let our runners out of there. Food bed and then put to, into nap. <laughs> I know. But, I mean, it'd be amazing just to be involved in some way so yeah i mean we'll chat we'll chat about that because i'm sure as you've seen already people are like hey how can i help out and on that post that um sean put up there was so many rmas that commented in there like that what can i do like i'll i'm not going to run but i'm happy to xyz so if you need paces or crew We have got you covered, girl. Sorry. Oh, that would be amazing. I, yeah, it would be amazing. Like, like I said, the South Australians, the RMA that um, put their hands up to help me, I was so grateful mm-hmm. to them. And yet they were grateful to me for giving them that opportunity. I'm like, oh, my God, you've got it backwards. I'm just so... It's so... next April, isn't it? It is April. So, yeah, I mean, I'd love any, any help, um, especially t- training tips. I'm, I'm, I don't know how I'm going to yeah. train... <laughs> the nearest mountains are like four hours away from here so <laughs> i'm not sure okay we'll chat but yeah they're definitely mountains yes, <laughs> but um but the most beautiful beautiful experience i'm sure you'll have so yeah well i've watched this space so where can people follow your journey to all these amazing things are you online somewhere that they can follow along um, you know what? I, I got hacked on Facebook, so I'm starting all over again. So there's no way you can follow me, but I do have an Instagram page that I occasionally post to. Um, but I might make another, um, um, blog on Facebook as well. And yeah. it'll be, um, harm runny, well, <laughs> um, runny, like harmony, but harm runny. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, I'll make sure that, um, we put that in the show notes. So you'll probably have it up and running by then. <laughs> but let this be your warning. Okay, um, <laughs> I'll get on to that. And of course, if you're in RMA, you can just follow Harmony's journey on there, Harmony mm. Wait. And um, yeah, we look forward to you continuing to share this journey. Thank you for talking to us all things about running crazy, crazy long distances. I mean, it's not for everyone, but I really enjoy getting the spectrum of, you know, people's experiences in RMA. and. I mean, a hundred, a 200 miles is just such a long way. I just can't get my head around it. Like, I, I find it easier doing 200 milers than 100 milers. <laughs> it, it, you, the pressure is off. You don't have yeah. to race. I actually think Unreasonable East, the cutoff for mm-hmm. the 100 miler is tougher than the cutoff for the 200 miler. I think he's got it wrong. I don't know. That's just me. So what's the cutoff for the 100 mile, 80 hours? 40 hours for the 100 miler. Oh, sorry, 40 hours. Okay. And 120 hours for the 200 miler. Yeah, that's very different, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I think that 100 miler is going to be a tough two, uh, tough 100 miler and yet the, the, the cutoff is 20 hours less than 100 miles into the 200. Yeah, and especially on that terrain too. Mm. Mm. Okay, that might cut me out of that. <laughs> I cut you out because you're an amazing runner. And oh, I'm not that fast. <laughs> but local knowledge, I mean, you know where you'll be able to, 
push the pace and where you get, can conserve your energy up those climbs, I have no idea. I'm going in blind. So, yeah. well, <laughs> but I've got more time. Yeah. And look, you're welcome to come. If COVID borders open and you have the opportunity, you're welcome to come over here and do a little recce out there. I'm sure some of us can take you to some of the course. So, in the meantime, anyone who goes to the Blue Mountains, please post lots and lots of photos on your Strava. Let me follow you on Strava so I can get an idea for, okay. for everything. Yeah, that, that is you. Blue Mountains. Anything you need, you let us know. Well, thanks, Harmony, for joining <laughs> us on the podcast. And we look forward to sharing in your adventures to come. Yay. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We end today's podcast episode with a special deal from our friends, Lava Tribe Girls Activewear. What a joy to speak to Harmony today and find out about how she involves her daughter, Juliet, in sport. Friend of the podcast, Love A Tribe Girls Activewear aims to encourage girls to get involved in and stay in sport and they do this by creating gear that is soft and stretchy, stays up during vigorous activity, has no rub seams and the prints are so cool they'll make you jealous it doesn't come in your size. Visit lavatribe.com.au and enjoy free shipping when you use the code SHIPFREERMA at checkout, Australia-wide. The code is also in today's show notes. Well, I hope you loved this episode with Harmony Weight. I know that ultra running isn't for everyone and especially the type of ultra running that Harmony likes to enjoy. But I like to get, as I said, the spectrum of runners' experiences in RMA on this podcast And so I thought it was imperative that I get someone like Harmony on to listen to and learn from. For those of you that might be interested in running any of the events that Harmony discussed in the podcast, such as Delirious West 200 Miler, Irrational South 200 Miler or Unreasonable East 200 Miler and their subsequent distances, you can look at the Ultra Series WA website or the Ultra Series WA Facebook group. You can also follow along Harmony's journey to her amazing adventures on Instagram at harmrune, which is harm, H-A-R-M, underscore run, underscore Y. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the podcast. I'd just like to say a big thank you to everybody who's listened so far. We've reached thousands and thousands of people in the last 12 months that I've been doing this podcast. It was a project that came out of COVID-19, which started in 2020 in late July. And I'm just so thrilled that I get to do this and bring these stories to you. So I just wanted to say thank you for your support. And also thank you to our sponsor for the podcast, which is Physiocrem Australia. Please head over and support Physiocrem. You can find them at physiocram.com.au. Anyway, I look forward to bringing you more episodes of amazing, inspiring women. If you've got someone that you would love me to speak to and interview, please reach out to me. You can reach out to me on Messenger via my Instagram, Nick Bunyan RMA, or you can email me at runningmumsaustralia at gmail.com. I look forward to speaking to you next time.